The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 92, recorded March 23rd, 2021. My name is Joe Becker. I'm one half of the team. The other half wearing a nice bright red polo shirt. That's is? well, not Polo brand. It's actually Izod. And my name is Michael Diaz, the other massive geek. And I'm literally massive geek, though. <laughs> literally, you look so. You look so. You know, I don't know. Preppy today. You got to flip that collar, bro. Well, pop I'm that. Not entirely, pop if you look at my head's still shaved. So, but I did comb it to the side. I could do a mohawk, but uh, well, now that's you have you have like this is really good for us because we, you know, we, we just now, you know, using Zencaster, you can see each other talk. You don't have to record it. Um, so special thanks to Zencaster. They're not paying us, but they let us use their platform, which is great. Right. Um, but you have this weird hybrid of hipster slash preppy. <laughs> it's like pripster. I, I had that. to, uh, for my day job, I had to uh, meet with some uh, prospective uh, employees, people that might join the company. So, Great. I had to dress normal. I had to put a shirt on, basically. Yeah, this is what I wear to work every day, basically. Yeah, um, usually that's my, I'm like in a t-shirt or if it's particularly <laughs> warm, I might be shirtless, um, which nobody wants to see. So how are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Interesting week with that last podcast we had with the brackets. We did get some feedback and um, I assume Michael's going to give us a final bracket for the next episode or start putting some stuff online. So just yeah. following up on that last episode, yep. um, we got, we got one of them, uh, uh, a listener slash friend, friend slash listener um, gave us Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. How do we miss that? And Shredder. Yeah, that's an excellent one. I don't Cause that is that. comic book for sure. Right. Like that's how it all started for them. It wasn't, you know, just a bunch of Muppets running around live action. No, that's an excellent, excellent pick. So, yeah, so that will be added uh, to the mix. I don't know about his Howard the Duck one, though, but we'll, th- we'll think about it. We'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> what a week, man. What a week for Geek last week. At least oh, the weekend, anyways. Nope. At least the weekend was anyways. And, we, you know, we have a, a, a lot of stuff to talk about, so, you know, we'll jump right into news. And, you know, what's really funny is I got a strange call, I don't know, two days ago. And um, I I didn't think it was real, but apparently it was. Somebody at Marvel asked me if they should put, you know, Black Widow out. And I said, well, if you listen to an old podcast, we told you to put that out, you know, months ago and make people pay for it if they want it extra ahead of time or or go to the theater. And, and that's what they're going to do, Michael. That is what they're going to do. July 9th, they're going to release the Black Widow on Disney Plus for $30 or the theaters if you are so inclined, which I think I'll be inclined because I should be, I will be fully vaccinated by that point because I have one more left to get. And um, why not? Why did I get the shot if I can't go see Black Widow? You know, I've, I've been talking about it with Shaylee. 
Um, I will also be fully vaccinated uh, by the like the first of May. So we'll see how it is. I, I'm leaning towards yes because it's just you know as as much as we could see you know the movie we just saw that we're going to be talking about in a little bit from the comfort of our own home, even Wonder Woman eighty four mm-hmm. and everything else that's coming out from Warner Brothers this year. It's nice, but it's it's not the same experience as sitting in a no. You know, with the awesome, you know, the massive screen and the awesome sound. It's just, it's really hard to beat that. Yeah. I mean, even in your house, but you can have really great equipment. We have great sound. I have a decent sized TV. It's fine. It can get dark and all that stuff, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. And you know what? I mean, listen, I've I've been pretty compliant. Uh, I'm sure I've made a mistake here or there um, through all this. Um. COVID stuff, but I've been, you know, really lucky. And after I get my second vaccination, I was like, why am I going to go through this if I can't? At that point, eventually you have to go outside and do things and and, and return, right? Um, and and just get through it. So, um, I, I have pretty a good decent faith in the science of the vaccines, and you know what? I'm not going to live forever in this hut or whatever. <laughs> so, I think by July we'll know. You know. It's not like I'm going to run out after after I get my second vaccination. I'm not going to go, you know, lick any poles or benches or anything around me. See if I you know, we'll, we'll see how it is. But I might, you know, we've got all the supplies, if you will. I know we have like alcohol wipe cloths. You know, maybe even if we if we end up going to see it in the theater, I might just bring that with me, wipe down the seat just to make sure. And maybe yeah, I'm being paranoid, but I'd really like to see a movie in the theater again. Yeah. And what, what better film than one of the Marvel films, right? And it's at a time like, yeah, right. It's definitely there. But, you know, it is the ultimate question that I posed, what, eight months ago? Nine, I can't remember what podcast it was where I said they should do this. Um, I am going to take credit for that because I, I feel I was right. Kevin Feige does owe me. <laughs> um, right. At the time, I said I'd pay 20 and I'd be fine with 20, but it's 30. 30 and I'm vaccinated. So what, well, you know what I mean? It's like in my, now life is obviously worth a hell of a lot more than $30. I don't mean to, to, to minimize it like that, but it's like, um, you know, $30 is a lot of money for home, but I know they have to make it or whatever they got to do, but 20, I probably, you know, 20. And if it was in the middle of COVID, no problem with no vaccination site, that probably would have done it like, like eight months ago. Like I said, I would, I probably would have done it right away. Oh yeah. Well, um, we did that with Wonder Woman. It was what, uh, 15 basically? Well, no, it was free it was for me. It was, well, yeah, it was it's free a, for you, but we signed up for HBO Max just for Wonder Woman 1984. Got it. In a way, it cost us 15. You know what I mean? But, yeah, but you get other stuff with it. It wasn't yeah, exactly. a one shot movie deal. Exactly. Exactly. Now, so, if they said, okay, $30 and it's you get a digital copy to keep that goes in my, and then goes into my, um, whatever that, Movies what, anywhere, yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, if it does that, why not? But you don't get that movies for anywhere. Let's say, fair enough. I pay my thirty dollars to watch it. It goes away after a month, and then you get it when it actually releases on Blu-ray. You get maybe a gap in time. I, I, I'd, be I'd be fine, fine with, with that, that gap, I'd be right? Fine with that. Um, they should really they think about that. that. No, should. but they should. They, they would. They'll start to think about that. I think. You know, right. or again, mean- call. Call me Kevin Feige and Marvel or any movie company and say, "Well, that's a great idea. You should be on our marketing team." What does Joe think? What does Joe yeah. think we should do? Well, wouldn't be bad. I think people would buy it. They get their money up front. Yeah, I would. You know, 
You know, I'm probably going to get it digitally anyways. Yeah, but I am extremely cheap. I peruse that Movies Anywhere $5 films all the time. Now, the problem is, now, like, since I've been, like, watching that since, like, a hawk since December, I've bought way too many films. (laughs) I've bought so many films. Well, that's what's funny is, you know, I've got my... um... Disney Plus, right? But I, I can't see the Sony movies in there, but I have them because I bought them on Blu-ray and right. did, you know, did the thing. So I can have to jump to um, Apple TV oh, yeah. to watch, excuse me, to watch all those that I, that I, that because it's part of the movies anywhere thing. So are you still looking forward to Black Widow? I mean, is it still something you guys talk about or is it just kind of lot? I think it's going to lose momentum. I think they took too long personally. You know what? I think Marvel did it right and here's why. Um, well, we'll see. It, it, everything is always going to be, you know, hindsight once we get to it. But at least in Michigan, you know, they just opened up in Michigan or, or opening next week or something like that. Just about anyone will be eligible for the vaccine then, right? So, uh, like mid April, like, like for everyone, like 16 anyway, and older. The point is, people sign up. If you get the Moderna a month later, well, Six weeks later, you're all set. So if people are signing up in April, if they're done, you know. They could get the Johnson and Johnson and be done with one. That too. But the point is, it's enough lead time that if enough states are doing this, Marvel might make a killing just because there's such, there's been such a drought, right? And this is a, this is an event pick. It was already going to be an event pick to begin with because it's the first film of phase four. Right. Okay, so I, I may have to amend. Like, I want to see it at the theater, but I don't know if I'll see it if it's sold out crowd. Like, that would might freak me out. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I will probably see it at one of those before noon shows that's like five bucks. Just because. Yeah, I don't know if I could go. I don't know if I have the, the you know, I, you know, like when Endgame came out and stuff, I didn't care if it was sold out. Like, I think I would freak a little bit out if it was a sold out crowd. Yeah, I'm thinking I'd like to see it opening weekend, but Mm -hmm. if it's like, I don't know, I I might see it this Saturday or Sunday of opening weekend, you know, for one of those cheap shows. Yeah, the Saturday, but I don't want to go with a bunch of kids either screaming, (laughs) but maybe they won't take a bunch of kids to that particular one. But, you know, if it's, if it's really selling out, maybe I wait a week and maybe wait for a rainy morning or something, right? Well, we can't, we have to review it here. That's part of our job. Oh, well then I have to risk my life <laughs> for the podcast. That makes for the podcast. Nobody. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are some pretty good priorities, Joe. That is some good priorities. <laughs> I, I, I do think they're a little late. I think, you know, now they have to ramp it up again. Like all the commercials they had, like they're going to have to start ramp. They're going to have to give us some nuggets to get people charged up again. I think. Um, I think people forgot about it. I really, really, I'm talking general public here, guys, right. not not Marvelites or whoever are going to follow this thing. Well, what was um, I just reading? Oh, I should have wrote this down. But one of the new Marvel shows coming out stars uh, this Pew woman who, you know, the worst kept secret is that she's going to be the new Black Widow, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I can't remember if it's the... Uh, Hawkeye movie, isn't it? It's the Hawkeye show, is that isn't the one? It? Hawkeye? I think so. I think so. I, think I could be wrong, be. but oh, I, think I think that's right. Because Hawkeye is coming at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. So I think they got to get it out at some point because they're going to want to build off that buzz of a new Black Widow. For sure. There's For a sure. lot in the pipeline. They can't. This is the struggle that, that Marvel put itself into is that they've got timelines and they've got 
you know, big structured, you know, story set. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see. This is one time where DC's kind of at the advantage in that they're pretty much, you know, blowing up their entire universe anyway and just doing, well, this film's connected to this film, but this film's not connected. You know, right. they're doing a soft reboot of the Suicide Squad. Yep. You know, we got the Batman coming out at some point. What else do we got? We got a bunch more stuff. But the point is, there's no direct sequels really coming out anytime soon. Mm-mm. So it's perfect for them. Right. Whereas, like you said, Marvel, they have to release these in a certain order. Now, luckily, WandaVision was self-contained enough where they released it when they did. Because technically, the show we're going to talk about in a little bit here, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, was supposed to come out first. So... I didn't know that, that it was supposed yeah. to come out first. Okay. It was supposed to come out first, um, and then WandaVision. But okay. Well, that's must have because gotten... they, they did a lot of uh, remote stuff. Like, uh, I think they were in, um, Czech, in the Czech Republic or something like that. I could have the country wrong, but they were in Eastern Europe. That's where they did a lot of the filming. And when COVID came, they got shut down. You know, foreigners and stuff got to go. Right, right. Whereas, obviously, a lot of WandaVision was filmed either on sound stages. Right. For the TV parts. And then when they did outside, it was all in one U.S. city. Actually, right. it looked like it was on a sound lot. It did. It did. Which so, was smart. Which means it's easier for them to control and get the, you know, finish, finish filming. So that's why it came out first. Yeah. But yeah. So Mar- Marvel's tied into this timeline. They have to get stuff out. So you think it'll be a success? I think so. I think it has the potential to be the biggest film um of 2021 <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> well who knows because who knows because if things get to a normal by christmas you may see a lot of movies and people go and that kind of thing that's true too i wouldn't be surprised if they even did a you know marvel's not stupid if hawkeye is coming out again we know or at the end of uh, this year 2021 and so this movie comes out july it makes its money it goes quietly from the theater. But then we know that the new Scarlet Witch, we're assuming, is going to make an appearance. Why, why wouldn't they do a Christmas re-release? You know, Hopefully by Christmas, things should be fairly back to normal if they're not in July. So, you know, here's your chance. I mean, they, they did that with like Deadpool and other films, right? Yeah. Again, that was before, you know, the Deadpool became part of Marvel. But it's not unheard of for films that are particularly popular to come back during the holiday season for see it one more time. Right. Right. So, all right, this would be a great segue to our next topic. Do you think they'll re-release the re-release of the Snyder cut in IMAX since it was filmed for that? And that's why we saw it in that format. Huh? You know, this is completely just my take. I don't love IMAX films. They're too big. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying for S&Gs, they might get some other box office money from it. I think it will. I think it will. I mean, enough to make up the $70 million that uh, Warner Brothers threw into it? Possibly. Right, right. Why not? I mean, even if they make $50 million off of it. I mean, right. This is, it's all gravy at this point. Well, yeah, exactly. So, but at a personal level, I mean, I've seen a fair number of movies on IMAX, and the only one I thought was worth seeing in IMAX was your favorite. Avatar? Yes. <laughs> it was worth seeing it in IMAX. No, I mean, listen, it was a spectacle. 
It was. My, my, my arguments aren't about the visuals of it. My arguments is that it's not right. a great it's story. True. But it is visually stunning, and it was yeah. filmed for IMAX and looked yeah. amazing. It was filmed, not just filmed for IMAX, it was filmed for 3D instead of, it was just filmed differently. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was just, it was the best way to see it. Yes. Whereas, like, I saw Attack of the Clones in IMAX, and it wasn't made for that, so sometimes you're like, watching the action over here, but something else is over happening on the other side of the screen. But the screen's so big, right? you can't physically see it all. Yeah. So. That's why it's a letterbox format on what's four by three right. scale. Anyways. So, I mean, I can't say for certain I wouldn't go see the, the Schneider cut in IMAX. Well, we'll get to that when we talk about the movie. Yeah, well, it's coming up next. That's why I segue to it. So why don't we do that? Unless there's other news that you know about that I missed. Because all I saw was, you know, I didn't go dive deep hunting well real um, quick um because we're talking about marvel you know there's been those rumors running around for a couple couple few weeks if maybe even a, not a month about chris evans returning as captain america yeah uh, kevin feige shot that down so right it, you know it's not happening i don't i didn't think it was happening but no i didn't think so either but you know keeps keeps them in the news keep people talking about it well, it's just like all the the talk and all the rumors about the cameos coming up in you know, the next Spider-Man movie. So right. People like to speculate. Right, right. So, are there, oh, there's one other thing. Oh, and I, I should have pulled it up here on my phone. Uh, for those that read John Scalzi, have you have you read any of his books yet? No. So he writes sci-fi, right? Yeah, I do to a point. I think I'm a little bit more on the. Um, the fantasy side of, of, of sci-fi, but yeah. Well, I, I've mentioned Scalzi several times, I think, on this podcast. You have. He's mostly a sci-fi writer. And the only reason I mention this is because it's news today. He announced the title of his new book, literally today, in his newsletter. Well, he's got a website, newsletter type thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to That was the one. That, yeah, you, you, you told me about that. It was a good one. Yeah. His, uh, so the, his next book is called The Kaiju Preservation Society. That's all he's given up. <laughs> so it's interesting because he's, I mean, he's written all kinds of stuff. Um, predominantly what I've read are like his, uh, more of his martial sci-fi and stuff, his space opera type stuff, uh, which I love. And he did a book called Red Shirts, which was a whole riff on red shirts from Star Trek and how they always die. He wrote a book about red shirt characters and it's hilarious. Uh, and he's wrote some other sci-fi books. He's done like police procedurals that are sci-fi, but he's never done anything quite like this. I mean, kaiju, right away, you know, it's about large, massive monsters. Right. So it's interesting because I think- We that, have an episode on that, by the way. We do have an episode on kaiju. But it, it's kind of funny that he's doing it now because it's kind of like past the kaiju zeitgeist. Right. There was a period there, you know, when Godzilla Well, I mean, came you, got out. Kong ver- you got Godzilla versus Kong coming out, so it's right, nice. Right, right. But that's going straight to HBO as well. And let's face it, Godzilla. And the theaters. And, and the theaters. theaters. Right. That's right. That's yeah. right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed Kong Skull Island. I did too. Super fun popcorn movie. We're all going to die together. <laughs> but the first Godzilla, <laughs> it was okay. It was okay. It wasn't horrible. No. It was okay. I'm talking not the Matthew Broderick one, guys. It's the one that no, was no, no, with, with Brian Cranston. Yes, thank you. It was okay, but I it seems or you know Pacific Rim. 
I actually enjoyed it. I knew it was the first Pacific Rim. I liked a lot. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't seen the second one. I didn't really it's okay. It has John Boyega, who's great in it, but it's it. it, was, it you know, it didn't bring anything new. So it's, again, if you don't, you know, there's there's a reason Godfather Two was good. And there's a reason Empire was good. Like you yes. brought new things to it. You know. So anyway, I bring it up because it's kind of like a new realm for him. Don't know where it's going to go, but of course I'll read it. So that does, yeah. it not, it's not coming out till next year. But he announced the title today. So I is the soundtrack? I heard there's a um, uh, a soundtrack. It's going to be done by Kaija Gugu. No. <laughs> oh, stop it! It's Kaija Gugu, but fun. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I figured that was one of the bands you followed. Can we uh, drop some more '80s references for everyone who's <laughs> has no idea what we're talking about? Hey, tough shit. If you want to drop your references, have your own podcast. We're old people. <laughs> Uh, anyone, anyone younger than forty is not going to know anything about that. I, I don't care. I don't care. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm not too shy. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing we perfect. Podcast for ourselves. This is perfect. That was great. I'm going to give you that one. Um, okay. <laughs> well, that. But that does. All right. Let's begin the talk of the Snyder, Justice League the Snyder Cut. Um, I, you've already kind of opened yourself up on Facebook. You gave yeah, a little not, bit of away. I didn't put it. Did I put it on Twitter? Not as many of listeners follow me on Facebook. And- no, no. So I'm, but I'm going to let you start because I kind of know where you're headed. So, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go into my, but um, give me your thoughts. Well, let's preface it with this first. We're not mentioning a geek this week because this was both of our geek this week. Right. Sorry. Yes. I actually started it what Thursday night before it was officially released. I won't say how, but I started, I started watching it on Thursday Got an hour into it and then didn't have any other time to watch it till last night. So, I mean, four hours is a bear, right? Four plus hours. It's like four hours, six minutes, but still. God, he gave you natural breaks, though, if you wanted to. He did. I liked the breaks. But I really wanted to try and experience as much of it as I could in one sitting. Mm-hmm. So, I watched it all at once. Uh, Michelle and I did. And we actually, neither one of us got tired. It was funny. And so, we started at eight o'clock at night. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I actually did not off the first hour I watched. And I actually had to go back and watch another, like rewind 15 minutes when I restarted it uh, last night. But all that to say, um, I liked it. I did. I didn't love it. Um, I didn't expect to. I mean, I I fully admit, I went in with a very open mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's mainly because I was... So convinced I was going to hate Batman versus Superman that when I finally watched now, and again, caveat, I watched the extended cut of Batman versus Superman, which was truer to his vision. I never bothered with the theatrical cut. Mm -hmm. So I very much enjoyed it. I didn't expect to enjoy it. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. So I went into this thinking, and in case uh, listeners, you don't remember. I have not seen the Whedon version of Justice League. I, uh, because I expected to not like Batman versus Superman, and then, you know, Justice League, the Whedon version, got worse reviews. I didn't bother with that either. So now that I'd seen the, you know, the extended cut of Batman versus Superman, I, Joe and I discussed it. He said, and I agreed, I was going to wait. We were this close, wait for the Schneider cut, see his vision all the way through. So now we've completed his trilogy. I've seen his vision from Man of Steel to Batman versus Superman 
to Justice League. And it's fine. And I think that's the best I can say. It's it's not bad. Right. So, you know, for me, you know, I, I there's just so many bad things to the Joss Whedon one. There was nuggets in there, and the nuggets in there I liked were the ones that were Snyder's nuggets that I found mm-hmm. out. Well, I didn't know it until I saw this. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't know what what was actually cut, what wasn't cut. Um, that so that being said, I like this one so much better. See, but my bar is different, which is why I wanted you to see it without the real bad one. Because <laughs> I I think anything that was that was going to be better than the Joss Whedon one, I was going to like. You know what I mean? So I'm comparing it to something that was bad, mm-hmm. and this is better than bad. But does it make it a great movie? That's a different mm-hmm. conversation, you know? Um, is it great? No, it's not great. But it's good. I mean, I can watch it. I'll probably watch it again. You know, it's one of those kind of the Lord of the Rings thing. Well, it's kind of crappy out. I got nothing to do. I'll throw it on because um, it's long, right? Right. Um, if you want to kill four hours, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't mind the four hours. I really, really didn't because, man, the difference of this movie versus the Joss Whedon one is strikingly better. Um, now, the same storyline is basically there other than there's no dark side in Joss Whedon at all. None? Not even, no, not even a hint. Um, so really, that's all gone. No. Steppenwolf's whole arc here was that he was disgraced and he wanted to get back. In didn't talk about it. No, it was just this crazy horn horn guy that just wanted power, basically. Um, Oh, wow. So there's so much more backstory to this. Um, What really made this film for me, what really, really made it was Cyborg. Yeah, they they Well, none of that was in Joss Whedon. None of it. None of the Cyborg story. He just kind of like show a flash of how he was made, and all of a sudden he's Cyborg. No character development of him. You don't feel anything for him. He was the heart of this film. I know. That's the that, exactly. And he really that's why I like the film so much better. I was like, wow, they really made that character. So the only thing I didn't like about Cyborg is if I remember the comics correctly, he came from Detroit. I think not you're Gotham. Right. Not Gotham. I think you're right. But everything's no, gonna happen in Gotham and Metropolis in this universe. In in Michigan. If you're a Michigan person and you get, you get one fucking superhero your whole life and he's a cool and you take it away from us, fuck you, Snyder. You could have made him from Detroit. There's no reason not to. I agree. Unless, which is odd for for DC because in my thoughts, like there was always a there was always fictional cities, um, right? And then somehow, um, you know, he you know I think he came from from Detroit. I I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I, I just remember something about that. Um, but my the point is, you know, watching this film really took me back to the movie 300. Yeah, yeah. A- another Snyder film. And that's where I really made the connection to this movie to make it to make me like it more. Um, when you think about, I think, and I don't know if this is right, this is my only take, or my my take, my own take. Um Zack Snyder p- portrayed these characters like gods. And if you look at them like gods, like gods among us, like if you treat them, not, not like the Marvel universe where they're almost human and they have human problems. This is more like these are gods. So they kind of elevated them. Hence all the, the slow-mo and all this kind of thing. Um, so 
once I started thinking like this is how Zack Snyder thinks, I I kind of opened up a little more to the movie. Because to me, like if you're if you're looking at a, as a film, I'm like man, you, you don't need to have that much slow mo. And I can tell the music was disjointed because they went in and rewrote some stuff because all the music is different um, than the Whedon one. Uh, for instance, the scene, the very first scene with Aquaman where he goes to try and recruit him. Mm-hmm. And that's the opening of basically the the Jazz Whedon one, and it's cut a little bit differently. But um, when when Aquaman takes the the whiskey and he throws it down in the background, you have Icky Thump playing for the White Stripes. That's completely yeah. different from what I saw. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 way different, right? So I like to tell me the whole tone of the movie is different. Everything's different. Um, but the you know the, the way that he color Zack Snyder's colored the film, like I I go back to three hundred. Like three hundred was a very stylized, yes. and that's what he's doing. He's not trying. I think people are so used to seeing the the way Marvel does it. That I almost am glad that Snyder did his own universe of the way it looks and made it godlike and and did all these things that were different than what Marvel would do. And I, I, I came to appreciate that much more in this film. But, you know, it's not all a free pass. I think there it still could have been edited. There's still problems with the music. Um I think that uh you know, I, I don't know if it was that much. I, I think there was just some other, you know, problems. You know. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get right to it in that I did enjoy this film, didn't love it, um, and I almost wonder if I had watched the Whedon cut, if I wouldn't have appreciated this movie more, because. You know, talking to you and talking to some other of my geek friends who did see both versions, basically they've said this is such a better version that it really lifts the film up. And I mm-hmm. only know this version. So I liked it, but it doesn't solve the the issue I have with the Schneiderverse. And that's simply, I think he tried to do too much mm-hmm. too soon. Yeah, I think that's 100% what I was trying to say. It's like he tried to cram so much. But maybe he's forced to cram it because he knew he wasn't going to get any more time to do it. Well, like, like Because it didn't do so well. Like They weren't going to give him the time to build that Kevin Feige universe. And they weren't going to give it all to him. And that could be very well be. But like like I said, Michael, even though I enjoyed Batman versus Superman, I just think from a marketing, just even a simple marketing level, a strategy level, you don't introduce Superman as the first hero in your universe and then kill him off in the next movie you see him. Yeah, they did they had too many storylines. And then you don't resurrect him the next movie. Like, we hardly got to know him. Yes, we can see why people worshipped him and made him, you know, godlike. But I would like to have seen some adventures with Superman alone, building again. DC, whatever reason, you know, maybe they were just trying to catch up with Marvel too soon. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I think I, so. I can get into all that, but it doesn't solve that problem with killing Superman off in that second film. And then once you do that, we don't even have time to really mourn him because he he's back in the next film. Right. So that's really my biggest problem with the Schneider films. Um, 
I can even, I mean, I'd even argue, you know, with Man of Steel, but I'm beating a, you know, a dead horse at this point. It's too dark and dour for Superman. That's fine for Batman. That's why I think I liked Batman versus Superman more. Because that, that style, just, you know, how it was filmed and how, you know, the lighting and everything, it fits Batman way more than it fits Superman. Right. That's just the character, right? Yeah. I Go ahead. But and it, it worked pretty much in this as well because we're dealing with, you know, the death and the resurrection of Superman. But I think in my other issue too is they kept going to the Superman well. So you had Superman, then the ship crashes in Metropolis. And a whole plot point of Batman versus Superman was getting into the ship so they could, you know, uh, so that Lex Luthor could make, uh, well, basically make Doomsday, right? Mm-hmm. Using the technology and all that in the ship. And then they do that again with this to bring Superman back. It's like, anytime we got a problem, let's just go to the Kryptonian ship and we'll, it'll fix it. Or it'll Te- be our problem. Technology. It's literally you- a massive uh, deus ex machina in the middle of Metropolis. Right. But you do have to, you do remember in the man of steel, those were all the genetic encoding for Kryptonians. So, so that, that, that's why that ship right. was used. So there was, it, it didn't just happen. There is things on that ship to help that happen. Like you could see what, so it wasn't out of ether. It wasn't, it was, no, it was, right. it was prepared writing from, um, you know, that was Zod's purpose was to terraform planet earth to make it Krypton. And he had all the genetic encodings to bring back a population. It wasn't just them three. You know what I mean? Right, which makes sense, you know, why he shows up as Superman and why is there's the big fight. And I get Lex Luthor, okay, he wants to use it to make a weapon, you know, against Superman. Right. But then here we go in the third film, we're going back there again and we're going to bring him back. And I get the whys. Right. But they keep going back to that well. Yeah, that was, that, and, and that that's the mistake of, of uh, Dawn of Justice, Batman versus Superman. Um, right. Now, on the, I'll, I'll bring some more positivity back to the to the Snyder cut. I know it's long, but the pacing seemed fine for me for as much of the story that they had to do. Um, I don't. You, you, you had to see like, boy, the whole um, uh, Wonder Woman's Island Themyscira yep. was way better here. Like there was tragedy, and there was tragedy there that wasn't in the the Whedon cut. Like that whole building full of Amazons went down and it was nothing for, for uh, Steppenwolf to come out of that. Right. It took, just took like an extra three minutes. Right. I mean, they just lost all those Amazons and that. Is giant that building scene not in the no. Oh, wow. There's a lot not in there. I mean, there's so much not that's not in there that you want like, and they didn't do that much additional filming. No, no. So you, well, so clearly they just told what, like two and a half hours. Roughly. So but still, Adding an hour and a half is a whole other film's worth of film, right? But but what they but, but they also added Whedon's film, right? Because Whedon this Whedon filmed stuff, you know, like the whole beginning with Superman. You know, you don't even seen it, but there's a whole thing with Superman at the beginning uh, that Josh Whedon had. It's that's got the fake mustache or mustache gone, which did they didn't use any of that for this, obviously. Right, didn't have to. No. But you can see how much was left on the table, and you can see how the stars were biting their lips when the Joss Whedon one came out, because they know what they filmed, right? And especially uh, Fisher, 
who played Cyborg. No He's wonder not why he's anymore. No, and he shouldn't. You know what? Good for him, man. Like he got screwed with the Whedon cut. I don't care what anybody says. That character was so much better in this movie. You cared so much about that character and what he went through. It just that that's what why I like that I endeared myself to this film more because it's like you and you you gave a little bit more backstory for uh, Barry Allen too, but we already know kind of know his. So, um, you know his yeah, story's been watched, told. Um, the Flash TV show, you basically had his whole backstory, pretty much. But you know, on that note, on the positive note, I I did want to talk about some positive things too, like you just said, and I really liked the Flash introduction. I thought it was yeah. a very interesting scene, especially. You know, watching Barry go in and he's, you find, you, know, you know, find out later that he's getting all these jobs because he's trying to work his way through um, criminal justice school. Right. Or major, whatever. But that whole thing where, you know, him and Iris lock eyes. And I saw some people um, online kind of diss it that it was a whole, this whole scene was creepy. I liked it. I, I thought it was, you know, like not maybe a love at first sight, but there was instantly a connection you could see. Right. And then also, I have to admit, when he turned so fast that he busted out of his shoes. That was cool. I thought it was a cool little addition, you know? Yeah. Yeah, very cool. And, he, and, he, and a little bit into his character of a being, I like him being, some people don't like this portrayal of him, but kind of the geeky nerd, you know, probably listens to Rush kind of guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um you know, he grabs the hot dogs because he was thinking ahead, like, oh, the dogs will like me. I'll get the job. <laughs> you know, that was pretty smart. Um, so there was some humor in there. It wasn't all dark, and that's it's Snyder's cut. So we had some funny things in there. There was some, you know, interesting yeah. things. Now, now the one thing there there was a whole scene in the Whedon cut that you that you probably I don't know if you ever watch it, I, I would say don't watch it. You'll just be like, What the fuck? But you may want to just for reference down the road if you're bored. There's a scene where basically Wonder Woman and Batman kind of go back and forth and argue and and Batman kind of calls out how Wonder Woman's been hiding all this time. You haven't done shit basically and you're pining for a guy who's been dead for how many years, you know, like enough right? kind of thing. And, and it kind of works its way out, but it, it, it brought some tension. And then there's a lasso scene with Aquaman that's in Josh Whedon's. That's pretty funny. That's about the only thing that I liked out of the movie. Um, but it's just so different. Like even, even when Superman comes back is completely, not completely different in how they do it, but in completely different in tone on what happens afterwards. Like there's no scene with Alfred wow. where he, where he goes to see Alfred. You must be Alfred. You know, there's no black Superman, like black outfit. That's all the regular Superman. Like they don't even get into the black outfit. Oh really? Um, no. And, and the well, weed you know- cut. The black outfit was, I only enjoyed that because for me as a comic book geek, threw back to the death of Superman. Where he yeah, it was life. a nod. It was a nod yeah. to the, right. Right. But I really didn't see the function of it other than it made things dark. Yeah. In this film. But he got to choose his, he had other costumes. You saw them all in the costume row. Right. You know, there's probably other ones that are to other references to comics that I don't know about that were in that shot. Um, but when he goes he, in in the we in the Snyder cut, what I loved about Superman and that is he beat the shit out of <laughs> Steppenwolf. Wasn't even close. Like there was, you know, he had this big axe coming down, and Superman just stands there. Nope. Yeah, freezes it and yeah. shatters. He didn't it. even use his hands. He just let it hit him. Yeah. He just ran the chat. What? No. 
I'm not going to deal. And he's and Steppenwolf had nothing. Like couldn't even hurt Superman. Not even close. Beat the shit up. Not like that in, in the weed and cut at all. Really? Oh yeah. He just back and forth. Back. You know, almost. You know, it was just. I love that. It was like Superman came back. Like yeah, he is the most powerful being right here. Like that's it. Yeah, Setting up. He cut off a lobe of. Uh, yeah. One of his horns or whatever. Heads. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and you gotta like how uh, Wonder Woman cut the rest of his head off. Yes, and that none of that's in in the Whedon cut. So I gotta say, I mean, obviously, I know now that um, Dark Side's nowhere in no. the Whedon cut. I liked him in this. He he was yeah, he was quite the bad guy. Well, it's him. setting it's Thanos. And now, if I'm right, if I I may be wrong, and you're you're the comic guy, I believe Dark Side was created before Thanos was in comics. I, I can't say for certain. I, I I think they were both they were both created by Kirby. I think so. That's why they look so similar. Right. Well, um, in the comics they look similar. In the movies they didn't. Right. But I believe he was. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Well, just say that he is, and then when you're wrong, someone will will tell you. That's how the internet <laughs> works, Joe. Uh, <laughs> but I I want to know. I have to check the. Uh, but check the interwebs. Like I said, there are many things I liked about this. I, I like the I like the Flash intro. Uh, I loved that uh, Cyborg was the heart of the film. Really. Mm-hmm. Um. What else? I, I liked. Uh, I, I liked the bad guy. You know, the bad guy being Darkseid. Um. He was intimidating. He was scary. Well, what do you know about the um? What is it? Something the equation the. Uh, Anti-life equation. Anti-life equation. I don't know anything about that, but clearly it's on our on the planet, and that's gonna that would have played into whatever played up next. I mean, since as far as I remember, Darkseid's always been in search of the anti-life equation. It's his version of, you know, that the 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 rings that Thanos or not the rings, the jewels that Thanos looked for, and his mm-hmm. ultimate solution of removing half all the living creatures. It's his kind of thing too. The anti-life equation is for him, his way to get power. Right. Yeah. So. We also had a, a quick cameo of, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. Yeah, a couple times, which it was okay. Well, it was preparing for later. Obviously, yeah, definitely that, but not just n- nowhere near that in the Whedon cut. And you, and the guy who played Martian Manhunter was in Superman, right? So that guy was playing from the beginning. So you can see his plan. Yeah, which okay, I, I see where it comes from, but it, you know there were no hints of that in Superman. But well, that wasn't the time to show it at that particular. I get that. I get that. Um, yeah, it would have been cool to see Martian Manhunter, but the thing is, uh, so he was not in the in the, in the Whedon version. I, even though I don't watch it religiously, I've caught enough episodes where um, he's already appeared in Supergirl. I know. So, I know. So I was like, well, that's cool, but he looks kind of weird. and He, uh, he may look better in, in the Supergirl version. Right. So, And then, okay, let's get to the part that they did shoot for this, and that was the epilogue. So that was shot post. Right. So they got they got... Ben Affleck back. They got um, uh, Anne Her- uh, Heard. What's her first name? Amber. Um, Amber Heard uh, back. They got Jared Leto um, as the Joker. 
Yeah. Now, clearly, you know, they said that Lois is the key, right? Well, that's the kind of thing. Remember, remember in Batman versus Superman, you had Flash come back saying, oh, and he had this dream. And clearly Batman is in some weird, maybe he's a, a nexus in the speed force or something that, that they keep going to. Maybe that's how they could have brought a new Batman in. Who knows? You know, when they do the, when they do all this, um, whenever we see the Flash movie. But so we have this epilogue where Superman is either A, like Dark Knight Returns, he's become a pawn of the government, or under whatever, under Darkseid's rule, and in, in that, you know, whatever happens. Or did Joker kill her? Like in that joke, wasn't that the one where Superman kills the Joker because the Joker killed Lois Lane? Isn't there a comic about that? Well, you know that one comic where Superman puts his fist right through the Joker? Oh, yeah. Hmm. See, I, I don't know. Um, I, I admit I watched some videos and stuff after the film to try and figure out what that whole ending meant. And I guess I didn't care for it. Oh, I kind of you know? dug it. See, I, I kind of dug it because it's the only time you hear Batman cuss or whatever. He's like, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> to the Joker. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It seemed like so. The Snyder Cut's not perfect either. No, by far it's not. Look, this is a good movie. It's not a great movie, right? I'm not. It's, I'm just talking about the good sides of it because it's easy to be negative about it. It's easy to say it's right. super heavy handed and and all the, and all the problems it really does have. There's a lot of problems with this movie. I guess what it's I'm trying great. to say is where it ends with Superman turning towards the camera and running and. Pulls open his chest and he's wearing the Superman, still the black one, but he's wearing that. If they had stopped there, cut and printed, that would have been a perfect place to stop the film. Right. And then maybe if they had to do a little bumper in the middle of the credits that shows Lex Luthor talking to Slade. Yeah, exactly. That would have been fine. Ended there. But it seemed like the film should have ended when Superman, you know, pulled this thing open. And then it's got 20 more minutes and we get the whole scene. Then we get, you know, the Lex Luthor um, Deathstroke scene, which was fine. But then we get the nightmare scene and I get why he wanted to put it in. Cause he, he made a reference to it in Batman versus Superman. And it was obvious. That's kind of the direction he wanted to go in the films. Eventually, you know, probably two more films yet, probably just like two and three. Well, yeah, you brought Darkseid in. What are you going to do with them? Right. I mean, you got to do something. So, I, I just, uh, I know you say you liked it, but I, it went on and on and on. I was like, I don't know, and maybe part of it's because I'm like, I know they're not going to do anymore. So, yeah, yeah, that I get it. I get it from that point of view. I get it from that point of view. Um, so but I, I liked it because, him. you know, I, I kind of dug his his Joker, actually. Didn't bother me. Oh, he was fine. I mean, I liked his Joker. Um he was a little bit more subdued than he was in. Well, clearly he's been beaten because he's being held by Batman and team. Well, it's basically a weird Suicide Squad. Yeah, you had Slade. Exactly. You had Slade there. You had a you know an uh, um an uh what do you call her Aquaman? You have a, a an Atlantean there. Yeah. You know, in in a des- desert, who's probably like you know shriveling up as she's you know, and, and you had. You know, Batman and and Joker, and then you saw the shot of Superman with the red eyes, right? Um, it's just kind of cool. Like that's, it, it'll never go back to it. But I, I understand I, it, what it did is it just at least gave me, 
his tip of the hat of like, this was going to be something else. We weren't just stopping here. And you know what? No one thought they were going to see this cut, but the people wanted it. Who knows? You know, who knows now, what will happen? Now, now I see people pushing for, they want, now they're saying release or, you know, bring back the Schneider verse. Let this continue. There's now an online movement for that. I've already seen people uh, now clamoring, uh, bring bring out or release the Ayers cut of the Suicide Squad, of the first Suicide Squad. Because apparently so, that was changed so a lot. So clearly, clearly there's a problem with the heads at DC that are afraid of creative people. Well, you know, you, you can make that comment, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but you know, then you look at Marvel, they bring in some pretty big name actors, but really the storyline is pretty much set in stone. Yes. But they know that going in. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They know that going in that there's a Feige universe and there's kind of a head of it and there's a there's a connective tissue to all these things. But I don't think they, they stopped Taika Waititi from being creative. No, not at all. Right? So they, they, they're giving leeway, but it's like, here's the storyline, but, you know, do it in your style, but Here's what we have to connect to. Oh, I'll give you that because I, I can tell you right now that had uh, Ragnarok been had it not been as successful as it was under Taika, there would not be a fourth Thor, Thor movie. There was really, I mean, right. the first one did all right. A lot of people derided the second one. I don't think anyone was really clamoring for the third film, but it, ha- it happens to be one of the best Marvel movies now. Right. So... And now we're having a fourth one, right? So, well, what's funny to me is I think DC and Star and the in the Lucasfilm have the opposite problem, right? In that DC, it seems like they want to control it and they don't let the people do their thing for the films. And then Lucasfilm was like, "Well, we don't really have any plans, so you guys do what you want, and you get fucking Last Jedi," <laughs> you know. So, you know. You, they, they clearly sure, both don't know how to do it. Because, you know, do what you want, but if we don't like it, we'll tell you that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Like, I mean, who knows what we would have seen if Lord and Miller had finished their version of Solo? Yeah, who knows? For sure. Um, could have been worse. Could have been better. I don't, I don't know. That's a good point. But they did not get in the way of Ryan Johnson. No. So, I mean... Anyways, not to go down Star Wars. All right, that 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 that'll probably end the talk on Justice League Snyder Cut. I I I would advise to see it if people didn't see it. I think you know again it's it is super heavy handed, but if you look at it like the movie Three Hundred, I kind of get it. If you look at it through the through the through the vision of Marvel, you're probably going to hate it. It's not Marvel. It's not. Yeah, but you know what? I, I will say this for anyone that doesn't like the brightness. And the humor, I guess. I, I don't know. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, for those people out there that are not fans of the MCU, obviously you and I are, but there are people that are like, no, I'm not into it. Yeah. This film is probably more their style. Maybe. Maybe. There's definitely an audience for it. Look, man, this movie's better than The Irishman, and that fucking thing was long. <laughs> I like The Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> so the irishman is is my avatar i guess you have two of them. the avatar is your avatar 
<laughs> so All right. speaking of Marvel. Speaking of Marvel, we had something happen on Friday. What happened Friday? Oh yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. Of course yeah. Go ahead, carry it. Falcon and the Winter Soldier finally came out, and let's face it, it's uh, it starts with a bang. Mm-hmm. It goes right into your little thing. your action, your your Fast and Furious thing that you wanted. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, it's 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 it might get smarter, but you know, it's not the thinker that WandaVision was, and it's not. It, it's gonna but, be a different kind of thinker. It's gonna be a different kind but, of thinker. To your point, you made earlier about how. Um, in DC, you know, Schneider sees these people as gods. And even the ending of the film, I know we're supposed to be done with that, but even the ending of the film really kind of sets up, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Injustice Gods Among Us universe. Yep. yep. They could have totally gone in that direction in it. But yep. more to your point is, yes, he definitely sets up the DC heroes as the new gods in many ways. And you said not, you know, 20, 30 minutes ago that the Marvel characters are human. They're more real. They have struggles. And yes, we have this big opening action scene, but we also find out, you know, Falcon basically gave up the shield because he didn't feel he was worthy. You know, a very human characteristic. He's not overly vain. Well, it tells you how much he deserves it. Exactly. But also to make him human. You know, you find out he was gone. Obviously, he was gone for five years. And uh, there's some interesting insights. You know, his his family, he's about to lose the family house, uh, the the family business, the boat. And so the struggle is real. And it's also interesting because you find out um, they're not really paid. No. Yeah. It's it's a huge thing. Like, they're not making making any money. Which, you know. Well, clearly Stark was a big financier of a lot of things right so obviously they have state-of-the-art facilities obviously they're training they're getting fed they have everything they need but they're not getting a salary right you know he says you know we depend on a lot of goodwill and so here he is struggling and basically begging to get a loan to keep his family business afloat the guy fought thanos and the fucking guy at the bank won't give him 30 grand or whatever the loan was for well let's take a selfie yeah and you know, listen, that's some really great writing. Like again, I, I great episode. I thought it was an excellent first first episode. You got a you know forty five minutes or so. You got to understand a little bit about what it's like. You know, years after or sometime after the blip, you got to see the uh, human struggles of especially Sam's family, which was cool. Yep. You know. Uh, not cool. I don't want anybody in the, be in that situation, but I mean, good that we get to learn the human side of because we never, we don't really know a lot about him, even from right. Winter Soldier on. We just know him as, as you know, the Falcon, but we don't know. We're now we're going to get his backstory, yep. you know, and um, you know, his, his strong sister and all the shit they got to put up with. Now they go to the bank. Now let's not be let's not let's not whitewash this. There's there's racism going on there. Oh yeah. Not get, you know, I mean that that's very clear. Um, maybe you know the guy can hide by the bank all he wants. And, you know, numbers wise, you, you show no income. What do you want me to do? You know what I mean? Yep. Um, anyways. So, but yeah, but the, uh, the, the point is, is that you've got these backstories and you've got, you know, Bucky, which I don't know if he even goes by Bucky. What is he, what is he being called? Well, that's, that's funny because yeah, he doesn't let him, he doesn't let uh, uh Falcon 
Call just him James? Yeah, I don't know. James, I think they call him. He definitely doesn't go by Winter Soldier. No, no. Um, but I was wondering when it, I was a little bit uh, taken aback when they, you know, at the beginning when they showed the Winter Soldier. I'm like, wait a minute, did he cut it? Like I, for a second, I didn't know it was a flashback. Right, me either. You know, it kind of threw me for a second. Um, but him trying the whole idea is like almost like uh, someone who's gone through um, addiction, um, not therapy, but you know, like twelve step program. Yes. He's got to make amends, right? And when they started talking, now when he started talking to the old the old guy. Now, did you know that it was going to be his son that he killed when you first saw him, or did you think it may have been an old friend from World War II? That. In fact, when the scene came on, my first thought was, who, I, and I apologize for not remembering his name, because I only really remember Bucky and um, Dum Dum Dugan as the only right. two other members of the Howling Commandos. And how, how, yeah. I know there was a French one, I don't remember his name, yeah. but I remembered there was an Asian American. And he, I thought for sure he said he was from Brooklyn. I know Captain America was from Brooklyn. No, maybe he was from California now that you think of it. But anyhow, my first thought was, is that one of the Howling Commandos? Is that why he's hanging out with that old guy? Yeah. So that's who I thought it was. And I, I, and I apologize. I don't remember the guy's name in you know, Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. But I know there was an Asian American with them fighting. So that's who I thought it was. And then after his date, when he went upstairs, well... You know the reveal, right? And that was heartbreaking, wasn't it? Yes, that was yes. that was. This is this is why this is where Marvel excels, right? And where DC fails completely. Yes. They just DC fails to pull you in to have any kind of human empathy for superheroes. Yes, you just don't. Well, maybe except for Cyborg, I did. Cyborg, ironically, the most inhuman robotic, superhero yes. of all of it had the most heart for it, and that's because they did that right in there, but that's where DC does kind of fail. I think in, in the Snyderverse, I should say, to be fair. Well, and it was all that much more heartbreaking because, you know, he was making amends, right? Right. And he went, when he, when he's talking, when he's in therapy, he talks about the Senator that he helped get elected when he was part of Hydra and he crosses that off. Right. Right. But then when you find out that he killed literally an innocent bystander, and it happens to be this guy's son. And he opens that book and you see his name and that's number one. So obviously we don't know the whole story, but at some point he went to the man to try to make amends. They obviously started some kind of friendship. And now it's that much harder because he's obviously seen him several times where they go out to lunch and everything. Oh, yeah. So now it's he become, sets him up with a date. Right. So, you know, he cares now, about him. It's become impossible. Now, if he tells him, he loses that friendship of his own. And let's face it, Bucky doesn't have a lot of friends. And on top of that, he he's going to destroy that old man. It's going to destroy all of us. We're all going to cry. We're all going to break apart. When, right. when that- <laughs> so had he just shown up at the guy's house and said, listen, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm the one that killed your son. It would have been terrible enough already just for the old man. Right. But now they've had, you know, this layer after layer after layer of pain that's coming. God, it's just, it's horrible already and he hasn't even admitted it. Right. So yeah, right. This, is, this is where Marvel excels. They really they really bring the human side of the heroes. And, and what they've done with this first episode, they've done a great job of three things. One, we got to see where Sam is at after the blip. 
we get to see where Bucky was at. The two Bucky was at where Bucky is at after the blip. Yeah. And then the beginning of what what is the uh I guess the bad guys the flag smashers and somebody who's got some kind of strength power. Yeah. Um so what do you know about flag smashers? I don't I didn't look it up. I don't know who they are. Um in in the Marvel universe or not. It's a complete change in the MCU here. In the comic Flag Smasher is actually a guy. He kind of looks like Space Ghost. Uh, oh, okay. He's, he's got like a belt buckle with the world on it and he's got a mace that he runs around cuz he's a flag. So it's right? it's not about a post blip kind of thing. Like it was, no, the, no, the no, way no. they said it here it was like it was like they like they want things like was before the blip, whichever whatever that was. Well, no, they're they're fighting for um, when people were in, before the return of the blip. I guess is the better way to say it. Right. Well, basically, what they're saying is, you know, after the blip, uh, all the countries of the world really kind of had to work together to make shit happen because you just suddenly lost literally right. three point five billion people. Right. Right. Some countries just would not survive without others, so it became more of a world working together. Mm-hmm. And now that all these people came back. It's like the borders all went back up. So the Flag Smashers are basically like, we want to destroy borders. We want to get the way it was before. It was right. better before. That's right. kind of their gist. So they're not necessarily wrong, It's like, which is an, always a good thing to have villains, right? Like the, you've got to see a kernel of what is right in order for a villain to be oh, it's uh, the, uh, be- believable, right? Right. It's the, uh, it's, 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 it's just like we saw in Black Panther. Right. Yeah, or, and, and all of all the same with Thanos. I get what he's trying to do. He was right in a way, no different than we thin out the herd of deer in Michigan. Right. Well, yes. It's. it's I'm talking but, pure mathematics here, not not what's morally right. I understand, but yes, with Thanos, with the snap, he could have doubled all natural resources of every sort. Right. That would take care of it. Mm, if the planet can hold it, who knows? Well, let's double right, the amount right. of habitable planets then. Right, you could have totally done that. Right. Instead, let's kill half of all creatures. So right. yes, there is another way. So nice, nice. That's a great uh, plot hole, by the way. I never even thought of that. Like, why did anybody just talk to him? Like, dude, why don't you just double the stuff? Right. <laughs> like, when did somebody bring that up to him? <laughs> it's yeah, one of his kids. Play, you know, you probably make the argument. You know, well, then they'll just you know consume all those resources. Well, having things, it's a temporary. It's a a temporary solution there, too. For sure, because they're just going to multiply again. They're going to use all the resources again. Right, 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 right. So, no, Falcon Winter Soldier was great. Uh, I mean, it's a great great first episode. Uh, Started out with a stupid, dumb action that I wanted. But also, you know, and maybe I'm giving Marvel too much credit for this, but I was, I have to admit, I was surprised at the end to already see the new Captain America. Great, great segue. I was going to bring that up too. I wanted to see what, because my Michelle was like, what the hell? I'm like, well, it's in the comics. I don't want to tell you about it. But but I, I, but he is, they, I don't care what he says. He is not, this guy is not America's ass. He's not America's ass, but no, uh, <laughs> I thought they'd, they'd, you know, stretch it out over a few more episodes, but they went right for it. No, it's you know? smart right now. Because they just set everything up as, not only did Sam like this is the racial side of things, right? This is like let's be very clear here, right? Sam got did the right thing in his mind by no one can replace Captain America. He's got a great heart. 
He wants to go help his family. He gets pushed down by the man there. And then he gets betrayed by the government again. And they put just another white haired blonde dude as the face right. of Captain America again, telling everybody no way a black guy can be but Captain America. Right. We right? agree with well, we agree with you, black man. You can't be yeah. Captain America. Yeah, and and that's that's call it what that that's the truth of it. Like that guy is it, it really. I mean, how much can you endear yourself to to you know to the Falcon, you know, and Sam and um, right after like everybody's heart should have broken when when that that happened. Watching yeah. that, and and maybe this is just me, but it seemed to me. Again, I could be misinterpreting, but it seemed almost like the new Captain America that his costume didn't fit just right. No, he's a lot uglier. It just looked weird, right? He just didn't look right. Like Chris Evans, America's ass. (laughs) He looked great in the Captain America costume, right? I mean, yeah, maybe the very first one in Avengers was a little bit hokey. Not really. over the next films. No, I like the first one. Not the one that he did on stage that was basically the way no, he no, did no, with no, you. No, 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 not that, not yeah. that. No, but I like the the leather outfit and all that was cool. It one. looked like on this one with John Walker, yeah. that the head the headpiece was a little bit too big for his head. Yeah, again, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> right, does it look that way? I. It's almost like a, a subtle dig to the fact that this guy is not supposed to be Captain America because it doesn't fit. He doesn't fit, right? Correct. I'm, correct, I correct. Totally, I don't know if the directors and creators on that show did that on purpose, but that's what I took from it. No, I agree. I, I, I took the same thing. It just, it's the guy just doesn't look his, he's just not quite as symmetrical in his face. I'm looking at the image of him right now as, as uh, Chris Evans is. Cheesy wink at the end. He's got kind of a bigger nose and it looks, it just looks odd in it. He's, he's he looks more like Popeye because he's got this chin strap. It's just, it looks different. Yeah. Um, but the guy uh, who the guy who's playing him is actually pretty cool. He was actually in one of the, um, if I remember right, uh, uh, Black Mirror episodes. Um, he's in one of the Black Mirror episodes. And he plays I I can't remember which one it was called. So is he British? I don't know if he's British. Um, it just seems that almost like ninety percent of the cast in Black Mirror is British. I mean, he had a beard and everything in in. The Black Mirror one. He's like this hippie kid. I can't remember which which episode it was. I don't know if he was. I'll look it up. Like he took up. like drugs or something, and then went in, into this universe. Anyways, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It, it did look awkward. It's supposed. I think you're supposed the, to feel. Is like that the playtest episode where he's in the video game? Yeah, that one. Uh, that's him. That's yeah, him. I believe that's him. I'll I'll have to double check because. Yeah, those two images do not correlate. Okay, I'll look that up. I'm gonna look at it right now. I've got a second here, real quick. Um, but let me see here. IMDb. Um, the funny thing, though, is is that I just think that they've done such a good job of making getting people um ready for the series because I think there's going to be a lot of what the f. I think. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but Disney has already come out and said this is their biggest episode ever. Well, that's what I was wondering. Uh, did they? I, I think people are pitting it in the in the news about um, who did better over the weekend. Um, I, I go, you know what? Does it matter? I mean, yeah. Why? It's Wyatt Russell. It's it's freaking Kurt Russell's kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
But yeah, and he was he was, and that was who it was from the Black Mirror. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not a fair battle, all because I'm sorry. Uh, what's easier to swallow, a 45 minute episode or four hours of Schneider Cut? Mm-hmm. You know, I like the but fact that if Schneider Cut did it, at, if if did Schneider Cut did it an hour at a time and released it in four weeks, they could have done that. True, people, true, true. people would talk differently. Um, anyways, off to a good start. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to where this goes. You know, for it's sure. funny. Obviously, you know, it, it kind of brings back the weekly format is nice because it has kind of brought back appointment television. Absolutely. In that, I mean, you know, remember being as a kid, you know, Thursday night, you're watching NBC for whatever reason or whatever show is your favorite when you're a kid on what channel. There was appointment television. Now, I get that this releases at like 5, 6 in the morning on Friday. But right. our family, like many other countless many families around the U.S., Friday night after work, we have dinner, we do whatever we have to do. And then before bed, we're, we're on Disney Plus watching the new Marvel episode, whatever it is. Right. That's our way to wind down. Right. So for us, it's appointment television. Now, not everyone has the same appointment time, but they're bringing people back week after week after week and right. talking about it. And hopefully we'll talk about it more next Tuesday. Look at that segue. <laughs> right? What a great segue. So that'll that'll wrap it up this week's uh, Kyra cast. I think it was a great week to talk stuff. So if you guys have any thoughts, you can leave them to us in social media and Micah will tell you how to do that. Well, if you're on Instagram or Twitter, you can find us at Kybercast. Otherwise on Facebook, we have two. We have a group and a page under the Kybercast. Awesome. If it's your first time listening to the episode, this is a much better episode to listen to than maybe last week's bracket, but we will have more news. (laughs) We'll have more bracket info for you on our best superhero slash villain duos and who will take the top prize there. So Michael will put out a bracket soon. Hopefully. Just think of uh, last week's episode as our version of the Irishman. Exactly. (laughs) And um, yeah, but thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, Tell a friend about us. Have them look us up on any of the podcast networks from Amazon to iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, all those cool episode places that you can subscribe to. And if you subscribe to us, you won't miss an episode because it'll tell you that we have a new one coming out. It's usually on Thursdays is when we usually drop our episodes. Um, That should do it for this week. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you on next week's episode. We'll talk the next Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.